So today we'll proceed our study and messages in the book of Acts. We have started long ago, and today we will be in chapter 19. We have entitled this series, The Gospel in Motion. And I hope that you are being blessed by what we have been sharing so far. We started in chapter 1, when we see Christ before his ascension, giving instruction to his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until from the high they will receive the Holy Spirit, who will empower them to be Christ's witness, starting from Jerusalem until the ends of the earth. And the journey started by the disciples preaching God's word with focus only in the Jews, the, the Israelites in that location. But in chapter 9, we see God calling Apostle Paul and giving him a specific instruction that he would be the apostle to the Gentiles. And from that point on, from chapter 10, we see the focus just not only the preaching not only being done to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And uh, the past week, last week, uh, Pastor Garrett taught us how Paul uh, went uh, to um, Antioch uh, and returned to Antioch and Apollos was preaching boldly the preaching uh, of God's word at Ephesus. And today we will pick our text from chapter 19, where Paul, after a span of one year, he returns to Ephesus. Sorry, Ephesus. So we see, first of all, in chapter 18, in verse 21, that in his way to Jerusalem, Paul just passed through Ephesus, and he said he had to live in, ha in haste. And he said that I will return to you if God's wills. So today we understand that it was God's will for Paul to return to Ephesus. And that's where we will pick our um, message from today in book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Will you stand with me again as we read God's word? Uh, is only a way of us honoring God's word uh, as he deserved to be honored. That says the word of God. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland, inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, 
Into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greek. Thus the word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege of bringing your word to your people this morning. We know that there is nothing in me, Lord, able to change people's life. But only the power of your spirit at work, illuminating this word, will enable us to receive this word not as a word of man, but as a word that comes from you, which is able to save our souls. Lord, you have saved us and you have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your son. Today, O oh Lord, let this truth be real in this place. And may your name be glorified in this place. Dear Holy Spirit, will you glorify our Lord Jesus Christ by changing our lives and saving people this morning. It is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> Some years ago, we had uh, a training back in Angola about how to share God's word. And we do have many people uh, that are from Jehovah Witness religion or set. So there was a very intentional uh, teaching on how we proceed when they would come and knock the door. And one of the things that uh, in that training they taught us to ask the Jehovah Witness was... They come to evangelize us, but at the beginning we should ask them this question. If everything that you believe is true, would you like to know? If everything that you believe is false, will you like to know that? And this was a question that came to my mind when I was preparing this passage. If there is something wrong in us, in our identity in Christ, 
is that good for us to know it now that is still time for us to change? I believe the answer should be yes. It's better for us to know who we are in Christ now or who we are not in Christ now rather to wait the day that Christ will come or even the day that we will pass away. And in today's text, we will see disciples or people called disciples, but they had the identity not in our Lord Jesus Christ. They thought that they belonged to Christ where they didn't belong to Christ. And my challenge and my prayer, not only for you, but even for me, is for us to be bold enough to take God's word as a mirror and then take time to assess our lives in light of God's word to see if we are in faith. And we do that asking the Holy Spirit to enlighten us and to give us strength for us to be true from inside out. So the passage starts when the Bible says from verses 1 to verse, uh, in verse 1, that Paul comes to the city of Ephesus. The city of Ephesus was a very popular city in the province of Asia under the Roman Empire. It was a major commercial center and home of famous temple of the goddess Art Artemis, is also known as the goddess Diana. And it was in this city that Paul came and the Bible says in verse 1, at the end of verse 1, that he found some disciples. So, but there is something that when we see the words disciples, we have automatically the perception that these disciples, they belonged to our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to bring to you from this text two truths, okay, about the reality of those that belong to our Lord Jesus Christ. And the first one is that those that belong to Jesus Christ have received the spirit of the living God. This is the first truth that we find in this passage from verses 1 to verse 7. Brothers and sisters, the word disciple simply means a learner. Simply means a follower or a student. The questions that when we hear disciples, we should ask disciples of who? Because in those days, there were many teachers with many disciples that received their teaching. So the identity of these disciples cannot be, or it only can, we can only know 
based on the answers they give to Apostle Paul's questions in verses 2 and verses 3. And we will see that. Okay? Some argue that these men, they were disciples won by the preaching of Apollos before he received the instruction from Priscilla and Aquila. So they were Gentile converts to faith in Israel's God and in Jesus, who had not heard about the Holy Spirit. Others argue that they were Jewish followers of John Baptist, perhaps immersed by John himself in the Jordan rivers 25 years earlier, or by one of John's disciples at a later time. Ada says that these men that Luke is saying or is calling disciples, uh, it's only disciples because Paul, when he reached Ephesus, he has initially believed that these people were true disciples of Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning that they were Christian, only to discover that it was not the case, as we will see in verse 2 and till verse uh, 7. And uh, there are some people also that say that these disciples, they used, uh, oh, they are Christians, because the word disciples simply mean, they interpret the, words dis the word disciples in the Bible as, as Christians. So the way I, I, I see God instructing Luke by the Holy Spirit, uh, writing this word. I believe that Paul, as he reached in uh, Ephesus, he didn't know everyone at the same time, isn't it? You need time to start knowing people, isn't it? You cannot assess someone at the first sight. You need time. So Paul, as he was dealing with these disciples, maybe he saw that their behavior was not really aligned with someone that had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit or someone that was saved. Why do we say so? Look with me, verse 2, okay? Because after some time, Paul does this question to these men. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So this question of Apostle Paul has a presumption that something in their life was not really aligned with the presence, with someone with the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Paul had some reserve or some question marks about the identity of this disciple. He noticed that they gave no evidence in their professional faith, or even their behavior did not show that they had the Holy Spirit living in them. The Spirit was not present in his life. So Paul wanted to know if they belonged to Christ or not. So he asked them these two questions to assess if his reservations were correct or not. These questions were aimed to reveal whether the men were believers or not. 
So we see there that Paul's question expressed his assumption that those who have believed in our Lord Jesus Christ have received the Spirit as Peter taught already to us in Acts chapter 2 verse 20, uh, 38 when he says to the people, to the crowd, men, you need to repent and be baptized, everyone, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's see now and consider the answers of these disciples to Paul's questions. See with me, uh, continuing in verse 2, and they said, the disciple answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. This cannot mean that they never heard about the Holy Spirit. Because in the second question, Paul asks them, Therefore, in what then you were baptized? And they said, in the baptism of, of John. Meaning that John was the teacher that they were following the teachings, okay? And John was teaching as well about the, the Holy Spirit. This means that these men most likely have heard John speaking about the Holy Spirit. So why then they are saying over there that we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit? As I say, this cannot mean that they had never heard of the Spirit at all. For he is referred to many times in the Old Testament. And John spoke about the Messiah baptizing people in the Spirit. It must rather mean, although that they have heard John's prophecy, they had not heard whether this prophecy had been fulfilled or not. They were completely ignorant of what happened in Pentecost. They didn't know that the promise of the Holy Spirit was already fulfilled in the days of or in the day of Pentecost. So in the answer to Paul's second question, they explained that they have received the baptism of John, which was the baptism of repentance. So these people, they were not baptized in the name of Jesus. Therefore, they were not believers. They were not believers. They were still in the Old Testament under the teaching of uh, John the Baptist. So they were living their lives thinking they were believers, but they didn't really embrace the new age, the new uh, season, the new time, what God was doing in the midst of Jerusalem. They were complete, completely ignorant about that. They thought they were believers, but actually they were not believers. Brothers and sisters, if you paid attention in the, in the scripture reading this morning, in Romans chapter 8, verse 
16, the Bible says that it is the spirit of the living God that testifies with our spirit that we are the children of, of God. It is impossible for someone to say that he is a believer if he doesn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling in, in him. Why it is important for us to know that? Because unfortunately, many people have been using this passage to teach something that is contrary, I believe, to what Paul is trying, or Luke is trying to communicate to us here. They say that as a believers, we need to have a second experience or a second rebirth or being baptized in the Holy Spirit after we received uh, Christ in our lives. But according to Paul, being baptized and receiving Christ in your life is the same thing that receiving the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells everyone that puts his faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, you don't need actually a second experience, what others call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, this baptism of the Holy Spirit is, according to God's word, the feeling of the Holy Spirit who is when the Holy Spirit take hold of our lives and healed our lives and our hearts for us to submit every aspect of our lives to our Lord Jesus Christ. When we receive Christ in our lives, we are automatically baptized with the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit in the day that we received Christ in our lives. But as we walk with him, we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Again, I repeat, the filling of the Holy Spirit is the healing of our hearts, of our everything. Like is us submitting every area of our lives to the control and to the dominion of the Holy Spirit. And this brothers or these disciples they thought that they were saved but they were not saved why because they did not receive the the holy spirit they were at the church but they did not belong to to christ they were lost inside the church Paul questions reveal that these disciples had been baptized merely with the baptism of John without receiving the Holy Spirit. Their lack of the Holy Spirit revealed their lack of faith in Jesus and therefore confirms that they are not Christians, believers. See with me now what Paul does in verse 4. In verse 4. After listening to the, their answers, Paul then said to them, verse 4, And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, 
telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul was saying that the one that was coming in whom they were believed according to John's message is who? Jesus. Jesus. So as a disciples of John who do what John told them to do, they should follow the instruction of John and follow our Lord Jesus Christ. They must now believe in Jesus. If they do, they will receive the Holy Spirit according to what L uh, John says in Luke 3.16. I baptize with water, but he who is mightier than me is coming, and the strap whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with, with the Spirit. So their ignorance was overcome by the instruction or the preaching of the gospel. Paul had to teach them again that, look, who John was telling you for you to have your eyes on is our Lord Jesus Christ. And he has already come, and you need to follow him. The Messiah that you are awaiting is our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the awaiting Messiah. So what is the application for us there? Brothers and sisters, it's only when we expose ourselves to the true preaching of God's word that we will be able to assess ourselves in light of the eyes of our Lord. These people, they were only able to find the truth and know the truth when Paul was able to communicate to them that Jesus Christ is the, the Lord, that he is the king, the awaiting king, the Messiah, in, uh, the Messiah and the Savior of Israel and of the world. And we see that once in verse 5 to 7, that once they came to understand who Jesus was through Paul's instruction, they put their trust in Jesus. Who John, their teacher, was pointing to. So now they received the baptism in the name of, of Jesus. Look with me over there in verse 5. The Bible says that on hearing this, what? That who Paul was pointing to, that uh, John, sorry, was pointing to, that was coming after him, is our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul preached Jesus to them. And when they heard the gospel preached, when they heard Jesus preached, they understood their condition, and then they uh, received the baptism. Not now in the name of John, but in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that after that, Paul has laid his hands on them and they received the, the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, every one of us must have uh, the testimony of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't want you to uh, go out of this place with a 
question or a doubt of your identity in Christ. My purpose, I as you look and you listen to this word, is for you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister unto you and to give that confidence and to give that security that you belong to our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have that testimony in your heart? As we say again, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says that the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of, of God. Do you have that uh, assurance in your heart of your salvation? Are you saved? Allow the Holy Spirit to minister your heart. And if you realize that there is not that assurance in your heart and that you are not sure, please don't go from this place without finding someone that can help you with that. Talk to brothers and sisters that can communicate the gospel and through God's word bring that assurance in your heart. God is still in the business of saving people. And he is here to change our hearts and to give that confidence in our hearts about our identity in him. This is the invitation that God has for us this morning. He is inviting us for us to be sure who we are in him. He wants you and me to have that confidence that we are his children. And if you, if you don't have that confidence in your heart, please speak to us at the end of this service. So the second truth that this passage teaches us about those who belong to our Lord Jesus Christ. Those who belong to Jesus have their new identity formed by God's word. Those who belong to Jesus have their new identity, their identity formed by God's word. You will see that these disciples, after the experience that they had with Apostle Paul, the experience of salvation and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, they started walking with Apostle Paul. Let's read from verse 8 to verse 10, and let's see that, all right? So Paul then, and he entered the synagogue, and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he, Paul, withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both uh, Jews and Greeks. So from the past message, we saw that Paul had that pattern. 
every time that he goes to some place, he will look for a church. He will look for a synagogue. And in that synagogue, he was given the time to share God's word. To share God's word. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we think that when we become a believer, that's it. But the truth that God wants us to see from this word is that our identity in Christ until we die is always formed by God's word, by the teaching of God's word. There is no other thing that we give us strong identity, spiritual maturity, knowing indeed who we are in Christ apart from God's, God's word. That's why Paul was committed to preach the gospel to the Jews. For them, he was trying to convince them that Jesus, or Christ, Jesus was the Christ. But to others, the disciples, I believe, that word was to form Jesus in him or in them. Paul had passion to see people grounded and mature in our Lord Jesus Christ. But how people will do that, as I said, is through the preaching of God's word. But just look with me, what was the content of God's word that Paul was preaching there? Again, reasoning and persuading themselves about what? About the kingdom of God. See there in verse 8 with me, at the end of verse 8. So the persuasion or the preaching was about the kingdom of God. Do you know Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 say that those who are believers, they were delivered from the dominion of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. And you cannot be part of the kingdom of God without being under the king. So the message that Paul is saying here is that because you belong to the kingdom of God, the king owns you. And because the king owns you, he has the right to say how you need to live your, your life. In a kingdom, who has the final word? It's always the, the king. In a kingdom, the subject, they don't have word so to speak. And this is foreign for us, but this country somehow it teaches us about how kingdom are ruled. The word of the king is ruling you, determine how you need to live your life. You don't have a choice. But you know, as pastor preached as well, what is our problem? We don't like people to tell us what to do, how we need to live our lives. We don't like, and we extend this attitude even to the king of kings. We don't want God to tell us how do we need to live our lives. We like to be free to make our own decisions. We like to live our lives the way we want. 
We don't want God to tell us how we do that. But if you and me, we are in the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters, acknowledge that. You must bow to the king of kings and to the king, Jesus Christ. How are you living your life, honestly? Who kingdom are you living honestly? Or whose kingdom are you living in honestly? Why do I say that? The world that we are living is preaching to us every day how do we need to live our lives? How do we need to bring up our children? How do we do our choices? How do we think about life? Many preachers in this world on TV, they're bringing us information and more information about how we need to live our lives. But those information are completely contrary to the instruction of the Bible, of the King, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, the invitation of the gospel is for us to become disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning learner of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he said in the Great Commission, you go, make disciples, baptize them, and do what? Teaching them to observe everything that I have, what? Commanded you. We are a learner. We need to be a learning community. And when I say learning community, is learning the truth of God's word. How well do you know God's word? It seems very straightforward question. But you cannot obey the king if you don't know what he is telling you to do, isn't it? You cannot. And many of us, we hear, but we don't want to obey because we want to be free. We harden our hearts. See, when we preach the gospel, when the gospel of the kingdom, when Jesus is being proclaimed as a king, there are people that will always harden their hearts. See with me verse 9. But when some become what? Stubborn. And what? Continue in unbelief. Brothers and sisters, we need to stop to be stubborn. And we need to choose to believe God's word. In whatever area and aspect of your life that God is trying to communicate and to instruct you. And to say this is the way you walk in it. Stop to be stubborn. Allow Jesus and his word to govern your life. In every aspect. I'm telling you. In your relationship with your spouse, in education of your children, in your relationship with authorities. 
Last week in our home group, we were studying about the relationship of uh, employee, employer and employee in the book of Ephesians. Do you know over there, we see that the teaching of Apostle Paul was completely countercultural because Paul was teaching the employee to submit and to acknowledge the authority of the employer. In those days, it was slaves yeah, to their masters. And he says, because it is right, it is good. And remember that what their masters those days, they were, they were brutal and they didn't care about them. But even so, Paul was asking the servant to obey their masters in, in the Lord. But if we hear this today, the teaching of the world, if you have a bad employer, you will, or others, or your colleague, you say, why are you spending your time in this uh, company? They are not paying you. Uh, why are you just uh, giving money to them? <laughs> they will ask you for you to don't work accordingly. But because you are children of light, and because you see in God's word that you are working not for your master, but for God that sees you, you say yes and amen to the king, and you obey his word, and you go to work, you do your work properly, even when your employer is a, a crooked one. Daniel did that. Daniel was where? In Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar, who was an embodiment of the devil himself. But he served the king as long as there was nothing that the king was asking him to uh, challenge his faith in, in Christ. Brothers and sisters, we are a learning community, and we need to learn God's word. If you resist God's word like these people they did, there will come a day that the word will leave you. See what happened. After these people hardened their heart, they start doing what? Speak on evil of the way. So just blaspheming them. And Paul did what? Paul withdrew himself from, from them and took the disciples. God is always knocking at the door. The door of your heart for you to embrace him, for you to obey him, and for you to walk in his ways. But he will not be knocking forever, brothers and sisters. He will not. There will be a day if you keep hardening your heart that he will leave you as Paul left those that harden their heart. But let me finish and say that Paul didn't find himself uh, constrained by what happened. But he decided then to teach this disciple and to keep preaching God's word in another place. The Bible says that daily he reasoning he reasoned about God's word in the hall of Tyrannos. 
And this continued for two years. For two years, Paul was exposing, uh, expositing the, the, the gospel and God's word. He was preaching about Jesus to, his, to these disciples. And see what happened there, verse 10, that this continued for two years, and all residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and, and Greek. This doesn't mean that Paul went to each individual to speak the word to them. But from the place where he was teaching his disciples, their disciples grew and matured. As they went to their affairs in the day-to-day -day life, they brought with them God's word, and they have shined the light of God's word in the place where they were. And this is what we are doing here as church. When we come to church, we come to learn and to mature and to receive God's instruction so that as we go out, we can live out this in instruction and then shine the light of the gospel in order for others also to see Jesus Christ in and through us. So, how are you in your walk of the knowledge of God's word? Remember that your identity as a believer, it's only formed in and through God's word. So that's why we always uh, ask. We are here to help. If, if there is a need for you to learn God's word, speak to us. We need to be intentional about this. Very soon, uh, we will be uh, encouraging small groups. Men are starting meeting. Everything that we do, it's only for us to start God's word in order for our identity in Christ to be really formed. Brothers and sisters, because you belong to Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And he brings and he illuminates the word that you are hearing in order for you to be mature in your knowledge or in your identity of our Lord Jesus Christ. But for that to happen, we need to devote ourselves again to God's word. And we need to stop being stubborn and continue in unbelief. May the Holy Spirit minister unto, unto our hearts as we come even to the table this morning and celebrate the gospel and the proclamation of our Lord Jesus Christ as our King. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you may help us to apply this word in uh, every area of our lives, Lord. Help us to be obedient children that are willing to follow and to know your word. Help us to humble ourselves and not to continue in stubbornness and continue in our unbelief. Dear Holy Spirit, may your work and your ministry be done in our lives, even 
as we leave this place. Exalt Jesus in our hearts and save and change our lives in order for your name to be glorified. It is in your name that we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.